Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, coming to you from the Complete Media Network. And a regular Monday guest uh, joining us as always, Jason Cameron. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Good, good. It's been a long, good long weekend. Uh, uh-huh. I managed to see a lot of good friends and family and catch up. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, happy Labor Day. Uh, it's always... Uh, Great to have a long weekend. A little bit uh, sad, though, because it's kind of officially the end of summer uh, for most people. Obviously, the kids and the the people that got to go to school and most people kind of just feel like this is it. Summer's over. Uh, We do have officially a couple more weeks, but uh, do you always kind of feel like it's the end of summer, too? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's when, when all the kids have to go back to school and their fun is over. Now, now the now the fun begins of school and learning. So, um, yeah, yeah, it kind of is always felt like that. That this yeah. is kind of the more unofficial end of summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, it was nice, really nice to have a, a long weekend. I um, took advantage of it, uh, watched a ton of sports, but also got out and about, uh, checked out a lot of nice, fun places, and yeah, I, I feel super energized and refreshed ready to hit the ground running on a good week but i I can't wait to um cover the weekend of sports uh there was a lot of fun things uh ufc had a card Uh, it was an early card uh it was originally supposed to be in england so there was tons of english fighters on this card europeans uh and they decided to keep it um at the time that's best for them to watch it over there so it was a early card had to get up early and watch it uh, i know you watched it after the fact but um yeah it was kind of a great card to, uh nice to see these uh, english guys uh, representing and uh really doing so well uh what did you think of the card as a whole i thought it was really good yeah um i was uh, super impressed with all the fights on on the main card and on the prelims it was it was a solid card it really yeah. was a solid uh, bunch of fights yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, the main event was um, uh, supposed to be a, a, a really titanic battle against two guys vying for a possible title shot. Uh, Darren Till and Derek Brunson, uh, both of them sort of going in opposite directions uh, coming in, but everybody expects Darren Till to uh, take that next step and, and to really get up there and compete again for a title shot. Uh, Derek Brunson has come in his last five fights as an underdog and won them all. And he did it again. Uh, he got rocked at one point, but his takedown ability and the ability to keep the guy down and uh, sink in a rear naked choke um, got him the victory. And, and he's on the fast track at 37 years old. Uh, he might be getting a title shot next. Yeah. Old man got it done. Uh, he, 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 he did really well on his timing for his takedowns. Um, I thought that uh, he was pretty much dominant every time he took Till down. And uh, there was really nothing Till could do except for try to battle back to his feet. And even that was an extreme amount of effort, it seemed to me, from Darren Till's part to even get back to his feet. Mm -hmm. But in the third, Till actually started piecing him up pretty good. But again, Brunson, wily veteran that he is, knew that he was he was getting tagged knew that he needed to bring it back down into his element his world which was wrestling yeah. and uh he scored that takedown and then that was all she wrote after in that third 
Mm-hmm. Got the rear naked choke and got the win. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. Uh, his switch to Sanford MMA has really rejuvenated his career. Uh, we talked about Sanford uh, quite a bit in the past few months, and it's amazing the, what they have done for fighters and giving them this resurgence. Uh, I've been just blown away at um, hearing Sanford so often and at so many of the top-level guys in all the divisions. Yeah, um, they, they have this ability to really emphasize what some of the old veterans do well yeah. and get them to really target that specific ability in the octagon and use it to the best of their ability. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he called out Israel Adesanya. He has lost to Adesanya before. He's also lost to Whitaker. He lost both of those fights in the first round. Uh, they weren't title shots, but um, he has lost to those two guys. Uh, he said he wants to wait and uh, face the winner of that. Uh, do you think he should? Uh, do you think he deserves it? Um, who, who should be next out of those two guys when they when they fight for the belt? I think he does deserve it. Okay. I, I think he does deserve it just for the mere fact that he's a vet. He's always been at the upper echelons, the top of the rankings, and just never really got his shot. But now he's got a legitimate shot at whoever the champion is between Whitaker and Adesanya. And I think, I think the UFC will give it to him because this is pretty much, you could say at his age, this is probably his last chance, his last run at it. So why wouldn't you give him the opportunity and see what he can do with it? Yeah. Great point. Very good point. I was really surprised to hear after the fight that he said he suffered a severe rib injury that he actually thought he broke some ribs uh, with a kick. Uh, he said he was facing off uh, in training camp with a guy about 240 pounds. He kicked him and his toe ended up getting lodged up into his rib and, and he thought um, he broke it, but it severely hampered him. He said he couldn't spar. He had to take a little bit of time off. He actually considered um, not even competing in this one and trying to push it a little bit. Uh, I was amazed because you really couldn't tell. No, you absolutely could not tell at all. You couldn't even tell that he's hurt or anything. Like that's, but that's the amazing part of these guys and what they can do once they get in the octagon, their ability to literally shut off or shut down pain and just to go forward. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. 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 These guys are just incredible. Uh, He also said uh, Jared Cannonier could be an opponent. Uh, He said uh, he's already called out. Paul Acosta, and they had uh, sent a contract that he had agreed to to Costa, and Costa refused to sign it. So um, he said he's you know willing to wait, let himself get healed, and uh, he thinks maybe March. Um, the Adesanya Whitaker fight hasn't got a date quite yet, so um, not really sure when that's going to happen. But uh, I could see him fighting against uh, the winner of either of uh, those two guys. He also called out. Uh, the Paul brothers, and he said, uh, maybe Dana could release me from my contract super briefly. I could go over to Triller, kick those guys' butts, and get back over here and make some money. Uh, uh, I don't think Dana's going to do that, but uh, it's good that he's thinking of uh, himself and trying to put himself in that mix, too. It's funny because even with him saying it kind of as a joke, but it's kind of a real thing because all of these guys are now noticing Yes, it's kind of, it's it's a circus that they're putting on, but these guys are getting paid real money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big time, yeah. 
Yeah, well, that was a it was a great main event. I was um, super impressed with it. Uh, what about the co-main event? Uh, tell me your thoughts on on that fight. Well, I personally thought Aspinall was going to win this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking it wasn't going to be as quick as it was. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it didn't take him long. It didn't take uh-huh. him long. Um, I Aspinall is an amazing athlete. Like yeah. he, he's got, he's very light on his feet. Actually, the way that he moves kind of reminds me of Cyril Ghani. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's got oh. that, he's got that kind of movement. He's got that kind of athleticism. And when he throws his hands, they're lightning quick. You yeah. like, he's probably got some of the fastest hands, if not the fastest hands in his division. Yeah, man. Is he ever fast? Uh, six, five, two fifty, be able to move like that. Uh, I was blown away that he completely pitched a shutout. Spivak, did not land a significant strike, did not do a thing. And uh, this is a legitimate heavyweight that uh, has done well um, in his career. Only came in uh, two losses in 15 fights. And Aspinall is just uh, a monster, tough to deal with. And and that that speed, it just, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be hard for a lot of guys to be able to withstand that and, and stay away from those strikes because they were just coming so fast before Spivak could even move. He was already getting hit. Yeah, he, he, he didn't have time to react. And then the, the the strike that put him on his butt, so to speak, was not a punch. It was an elbow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, I yeah, I'm super impressed. Every time Aspinall steps into the octagon, I'm always been impressed with his performance. And again, another impressive performance. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to skip to the... Light heavyweight matchup between Khalil Roundtree and Modestus Bukowskis. Uh, Roundtree is being uh, criticized a bit, um, called um, that kind of dirty. That was a, a strike that maybe they should ban. Uh, what did you think when he uh, landed that side kick to the knee and just absolutely destroyed Bukowskis's knee? Uh, gross. <laughs> it was grossed out. Like, yeah. Every, every, how about this? Every time I've seen that strike thrown, it makes me cringe because sure. I know exactly how devastatingly bad that strike can go for the opponent. I've known mm-hmm. that every time John Jones throws it, like I know why Quentin Rampage calls it a, like a dirty move or a dirty strike. Yeah. But if they're not going to get rid of the strike, then it's completely legal. It's allowed. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's just... It's it's a devastating strike though, and especially if it's thrown at the right time. All his front pressure was on that league leg as he threw the jab. And Khalil Roundtree was right. He's like, I was just waiting for him to throw that jab yeah. so I could throw that technique. And I would be worried if I had to fight that guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, because yeah. I don't want that to happen to my legs or my knee. Because let's be honest here, Bokoskis, that guy's probably not going to be able to fight for a year. Yeah, yeah, it was devastating. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, major ligament damage to probably multiple ligaments, and and uh, yeah, just an immediate stoppage. Herb Dean come in and just waved it off immediately. Um, uh, Roundtree said that you know he doesn't do it in training because he doesn't want to kill his uh training partners, but they had talked about it and they had saw something in video that uh, made him think that uh, once he did throw those shots and was heavy on that front leg uh, that was susceptible to it. And he was just waiting for it. Uh, that fight ended in two and a half minutes. 
And the Aspinall fight ended in two and a half minutes. That's the first time in USC history that two fights have ended exact same time. Uh, that was kind of interesting. And um, yeah, it wasn't long. Uh, just uh, he looked great uh, before he threw that shot. I didn't, I didn't, I, I thought he was going to win, but um, yeah, he saw that opportunity, took advantage and, and uh, moving him up the ranks. Uh, I feel sorry for Bukowskis. I don't, I don't think they're going to have to ban that because we don't see it very often. It's been a while since I've seen that. So I don't think they, they have to do a knee jerk reaction and ban it, but um, man, I feel sorry for a guy when he takes that and now he has to go into rehab for that long. Yeah. It's uh, it's just a devastating strike, but at the, at the, at the end of the day, he was not winning this fight. His, no. his, his, his nose was literally pasted on the side of his face <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, it, was a very dominating win by Roundtree, like a ridiculously dominating win. The only thing I didn't like was how uh, Bisping at the end when he was interviewing him said, it's not the kind of ending that you wish to see though, right? But in my head, I'm like, if you throw that strike, that is the ending that you can see. Come on. And when, when he, you don't throw that strike with it to be like, now I'm going to knock him out. No, no, that's the ending. That's, That's what you finish. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah. Good point. Um, okay. The, the fight that uh, started the main card had uh, the USA debut of Paddy, the baddie Pimblet. And uh, I think this is guy, this guy's probably going to be a new superstar. Um, he's not super, super polished yet. He, uh, you know, had himself in a bit of trouble, but um, he's got personality. He's got a lot of flair. Uh, he got himself in trouble and uh, threw the KO to uh, uh, get the big victory. Um, yeah, a, a former Cage Warriors uh, champ, and he comes in here, uh, said he's finally ready, and uh, he had a great uh, debut in the USC. He had a great debut. Kind of keeps his chin a little high. That's something that he's going to have to work on. But he's a fighter, man. He's a fighter yeah. because he, he got hit hard by uh, Ben Durant. Vendramani, Vendramini. Anyways, he got hit hard by Luigi a couple times in that fight. Yeah. and uh, But he came back with a ferocious onslaught of punches. And once he had that man hurt, he took him out. He definitely has killer instinct in him. Man, does he ever. Eh? Yeah. He, he called a shot. I saw the early um, uh, pre-fight stuff, and he said he was going to knock him out in the first round. He sure did. Uh, he was Mario to the Luigi. Uh, he, uh, he got 50 K for it. And, um, yeah, just his, uh, demeanor, the way he talked, uh, he reminded me of somebody like a Conor McGregor, uh, you know, sugar Sean O'Malley. He definitely has a personality and I think, uh, the UFC is going to, um, yeah, feature him soon. And, uh, he does have some holes in his game that he's going to work on, but, uh, I think uh, the entertainment factor is going to be there. Oh, I think the entertainment factor is definitely there. Anytime that you can make Bisping actually feel entertained as he's interviewing you, that's pretty good. You're pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the feature fight on the prelim card had a women's flyweight bout that end up getting fight of the night. Molly Meatball McCann uh, beat John Yin Kim and... Uh, uh, this was a hell of a fight. Uh, really, really great battle. Uh, both girls uh, had no quit attitude and uh, 
fired a lot of shots. Uh, super entertaining. I really enjoyed uh, seeing these two girls go to battle. Yeah, a lot of volume thrown on both sides by both women. And it, it literally came down to McCann's aggression versus um, Kim's footwork, evasiveness, and her straight counters. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, McCann's aggressiveness and octagon control won out, especially, especially in that last minute of the third, where she <laughs> left it all out on the line and just swung, swung for the hills and just yeah. kept swinging till the end of the bell. It was great. She's just pointing to the ground and going like, let's go and just throw fire and shots. And uh, you don't see women do that very often. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, she definitely gained a lot of fans. Uh, you could hear the fans inside chant, chant meatball, meatball. And, and uh, just to, you know, let it go for broke and just fire shots for that last minute. It was entertaining, but beyond belief. Oh yeah, of course. And but she she definitely has that big personality support the way that she fights, which is uh go, 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 every, every full blast, full bore, everything coming right at you. It was yeah. a great win by McCann. She said she has uh two torn ligaments in her knee and a broken knuckle. So uh we're not gonna see her uh right away, that's for sure. She's gonna have to go and, and rehab, but um there was almost uh 600 punches, uh, significant strikes thrown in this one. And uh, if you didn't see it, anybody that's watching or listening, uh, find it online. Uh, really great uh, female battle. One of the best I've ever seen, actually. So um, I, I fully recommend it. Uh, Jack Shore, another guy, another English. Uh, no, sorry, a Wales, uh, a Welshman. He comes in, uh, keeps his uh, undefeated record going, uh, was totally dominant in this one. It was just, uh, to me, just a one-sided affair. And he just showed that he's got a ton, a ton to give to this bantamweight division. Uh, I'm really excited and looking forward to seeing him again. Technically superior in all aspects of this fight. Whether it was on the ground, whether it was in the clinch, whether it was stand-up on the feet, whether it was uh, controlling distance with, uh, with the other fighter, like everything. Mm -hmm. it, he was just technically superior in all aspects in this fight. Um, he won at every step and stage in the fight. Dominant, dominant win by Shore. Yeah. Dominant. He was a, uh, a late replacement. Um, Saeed Namrigan-Medoff was supposed to be the opponent. Uh, he had to drop out. So um, really great to uh, yeah, see him come in on, on late notice like that. And, and just an amazing striking display. Uh, he said he had an injury also. Um, that needs to be addressed, a shoulder injury uh, in camp, and then he re-aggravated it uh, in the fight, he said. Um, his father was in the, in the corner, as well as um, three other fighters had fathers in the corner. I thought that was kind of cool that they pointed that out, and uh, it's amazing uh, that that's happening so much at, at such a high level here in the UFC. And it's, it's cool to see, though, because it just, I think it gives the fighter extra motivation if, you know, you got to get this one for pops, so to speak. So <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's cool to see. And it's cool that, um, that it's a family affair and that, uh, you know, they're trying, they're, they're cheering for, you know, their sons or daughters in the octagon. Yeah. Okay. Um, we had a Canadian in a catch weight fight. This was a late replacement fight as well. Uh, Julian Arosa and Charles air Jordan. Uh, Jordan looked great. Uh, he was, 
uh, yeah, just he, he seemed very on to, for so much of this fight. And then um, third round, Erosa was able to uh, take over, get a get a submission win. Uh, what did you think of this one? I thought it was I, – I, I was looking forward to this fight from the beginning because I thought they were both pretty even. Um, mm-hmm. But what was beginning to tell was that Jordan was beginning to land his counters a little bit more effectively from halfway through the second, I thought. So mm-hmm. then that's why Rosa changed his, uh, his attacks and started going for the grappling in the third. And uh, by him changing that up, that's how he created the opportunity for the Darth choke. Yeah. Uh, because as he was coming up, as Jordan was battling to get to his feet, um, Arosa took the opportunity to say, oh, his neck is right out there for me. And it was just super slick how he slipped in that uh, Dars choke, sliding in the right hand right underneath the uh, right underneath his neck and just locked it up, rolled him up and uh, choked him out. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I, they called it a Darce choke, and, and I thought at first it was a Darce choke, but actually when I re-watched it and mm-hmm. I um, I watched some other commentators uh, talking about it, uh, they are actually calling this a Bravo choke. Uh, oh. it's, it's, a, it's a choke that doesn't happen very often. Um, there's only three other fighters that have ever used it and won uh, two times. This is the second time he's ever used it and won. Dustin Poirier, Tony Ferguson, and Vincent uh, Vincente Luque are the uh, three guys that have ever used that choke and um, had been able to beat two opponents with it. So um, kind of cool. Uh, I thought at first, but I was like, huh, that doesn't look like a true Darce. I want to see that again. And uh, when I was able to watch it again and watch some other um, people that that uh, were commentating about it. Um, yeah, it's called a, a Bravo choke for, from what uh, they say. Oh, okay. Okay, because you are right, though. With the way that he did lock it up, I I don't think I've ever seen it like that. Like, yeah. just with the way that he was standing and everything and the angle and the positioning, I was like, oh, that's... I don't really know how he did that, but he did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was wild. Uh, it's the first... Decision lost by Jordan. Um, I hope he can bounce back. It's good to see Canadians doing well. Uh, I thought he did great. Uh, he just got caught with that choke and, um, yeah, it was just forced to tap. So, uh, the fight that began the night, uh, or began the afternoon, uh, I'd say, uh, was, uh, also a Canadian Mark Andre Powerbar Barrio against, uh, Dolce Lungambaya. Uh, man, this was amazing. Uh, Barrio, um, he started his career uh, 0-3, and I was really worried that uh, he might uh, lose his shot. Uh, he's now won two in a row. He looked super impressive in this one. I, I thought he just definitely gassed out uh, Dolce just by his constant pressure, and uh, he looked amazing in this performance. Yes, constant measured pressure, educated pressure. He never put himself really in uh, – in 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 the path of destruction of Lumbala's punches because that guy can punch he's got power for days but at the same time he was not afraid to stay in the pocket trade for a little bit which Mm -hmm. i was actually very impressed by because he did get hit a couple times by that dude and he was still he was still there to bang and uh a very impressive win by burial especially at the end there where he could have taken his foot off the gas pedal made the win a lot easier for him 
but he tried to take him out at the yeah. end of that third round. And I, I, I was pretty impressed with that. Me too. Yeah, definitely. He, he just uh, kept the pressure on and uh, wouldn't, wouldn't let up. Um, he, uh, he took a, a super bad eye poke and uh, I was a little concerned and worried. Uh, uh, it looked, uh, it, they were, you know, they were looking at it for a really long time and I started getting concerned that they were calling it, but luckily uh, he was able to finish and get the decision victory. Um, he called out Eric Anders. Yeah, boy. Uh, I think that would be a hell of a fight. And I hope the UFC matchmakers can make that happen. That would be a great fight. That would be a great fight. And I like the fact that he's calling on a guy that, well, that that's not an easy fight for anybody. No. Is Eric Anders. So he's not afraid of the moment. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was a, a fun card. Uh, great, um, great that they pulled it together. Uh, even though they couldn't have it in England, uh, still nice to see a lot of English fighters and European fighters on it. And uh, we have a break, uh, nothing next weekend. So um, you're able to go up and just fully enjoy your wedding and all the festivities up there without having to uh, concentrate on uh, the USC next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how that worked out, but it did. So that's actually very good for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so the only other thing um, I want to mention uh, in the world of combat sports is um, Oscar De La Hoya uh, has been uh, kicked out of the fight uh, that he was supposed to have against Vitor Belfort. And, uh, 58-year-old Evander Holyfield has taken his place. Um, I, yeah, your thoughts? Uh, I know you you sent me some uh, text, but uh, tell me your thoughts. Well, first off, I think maybe in a weird sort of way, this is probably, might, it might be a good thing for Oscar not to get, be getting into the ring, you know, because I, I don't know if he's mentally there right now, so to speak. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, so so that happened, and I believe this was all due to COVID. That's why you can't fight. But on the flip side of things, I don't know. Is it better that a sixty-year-old man is now going to step into the ring? Uh, yeah. yeah, probably, probably not so much. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious to see what kind of like uh, physical fitness level he's at, he's at yeah. when he steps yeah. in. Is he going to look like like what we've always seen him as? I'm like, oh, he's still jacked. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Jack, uh, I want to show quickly uh, a, a little thing uh, on Vitor Belfort. Uh, he is definitely on these TRTs again, and holy crap, this guy looks unbelievable. Uh, I can't. E I, I I'm shocked how much it uh, <laughs> it can increase a guy's look. He doesn't look all skinny and blown out anymore uh just check check him out for a second here okay. who on september 11th takes on oscar de la hoya in a professional boxing bout in los angeles Whoa. The trailer first of all vitor um we've talked to oscar we've talked to you about oscar over at mma junkie i want to focus focus this interview about you uh this is your first fight first training camp since 2018 you're 44 but you look great uh how are you feeling entering uh a fight uh that, that hasn't happened in, in almost three years for your career First of all, uh, I feel great. You know, I think it's, it's just the, the way you tell yourself how you feel, but it's also you, your lifestyle. 
So when I designed the Belfort Fitness Lifestyle, my fitness programs is uh, for everyone. It's, it's a program that I've been everyday training. So it was easy, easily for me to go tra transition to a fight game because I've been in good shape, you know, forever. So the idea of, I always tell people, you know, how you have a health, how you have, a, how you accomplish success is doing the little things right. And the little things is like what you do in your day, what you, what do you, your, your thinking, your habits. So my. And TRT. Make sure you mention that, Vitor, and TRT. Yeah. All those good uh, things. Yeah, I'm definitely going to help somebody uh, keep in shape. But uh, I have pictures of him. I, I don't, I, I didn't put them up today, but I yeah. am going to put them up on the website. I have pictures of him that he looks like, he kind of looks like um, you see like maybe a sausage that's been squeezed a bunch of sausage out of it. it it's amazing the difference that he has changed his body from over the years there was a time where he was incredibly jacked then he lost a hell of a lot of muscle and now he's back look at this look at that guy he's incredibly incredible shape right now yeah because i remember at the end of his ufc career it looked like he was like a deflated balloon exactly. look, look, it looks like somebody has pumped him back up so yeah. i think he's good now again <laughs> yeah so yeah uh i feel a little worried about holyfield uh, I haven't seen any training from him. Uh, this just happened. So, you know, I, I hope he's been uh, training. Uh, I don't think so because he hasn't been fighting for a hell of a long time. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a little worried. Uh, you know, Vitor is not uh, a boxer per se, but, um, you know, uh, the, the, the shape he's in, uh, I think he could do some damage to a 58-year-old man. Yeah, 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 because... The one thing that we know about Vitor is he's still got a lot of power. He can still hurt you very, very badly with his shots. And then we also know that a pumped-up Vitor is a very, very dangerous Vitor. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Uh, they have decided to move the this event uh, to Florida. Uh, they said that uh, they were having some uh, issues and the uh, California State Athletic Commission didn't really want to sanction this fight, uh, didn't want to allow Holyfield into it. So they've moved it to Florida uh, from California. Uh, also on the card is Anderson Silva, who uh, looked amazing in his uh, boxing debut against Tito Ortiz. Um <laughs> I don't know how long it's been since Tito's fight, but um, crazy, man. Uh, yeah, this is uh, insane that uh, this fight's happening as well. Ah, man, I, I guess we just have it as uh, like, like former Hall of Famers are fighting now and just like veterans of the sports. They're just like, oh, you know what? I need a little quick payday. Why not? Because I got to be honest. Yes, I even though Anderson and Tito are fighting, I, I think it's pretty obvious who's going to win this fight. Yeah. Wouldn't it be Anderson? Because yeah. Tito's hands were never that good to begin with. So yeah. come on. Are you, are you serious? <laughs> I know. Well, did you, did you see any of the highlights of Anderson against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr.? No, no, I, I missed oh, that. Wow, man. He looked incredible. He, he lit the guy up like crazy. And this is a legitimate boxer who'd spent his whole life boxing as well as his father. And, and Anderson Silva looked phenomenal, just was able to just take it to him and, 
and finish the fight. Uh, yeah, it was super impressive. Um, I'd be worried if I was Tito for sure. Yes, exactly. So you got a guy like Anderson Silva, who we know is supremely talented, but can actually, he can actually step into somebody else's like environment and destroy him. <laughs> and you want to f- that guy. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Tito's never been known for being super smart. So uh, yeah, not surprising, but uh, I'm sure I'll take a look at it and I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, yeah. I'm, I know you won't be watching it, but uh, I'll let you know next Monday how it turned out. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, let's turn away from the world of combat sports and talk about the NFL. Um, We've finally arrived. Uh, This week is the opening of the NFL season. Um, This is the longest season in NFL history. Uh, They have decided to uh, increase the schedule to 17 games, and uh, I'm sure it'll be 18 really soon, and we'll just keep adding it on uh the might as well just take the record book and rip it up and throw it away because most records are going to be broken with this extra game in it um but i'm looking forward to a lot of the aspects of it and especially thursday night uh really good matchup with the tampa bay bucks and the dallas cowboys uh i think that was a, a smart matchup for the nfl matchmakers and a, a good way to kick it off on thursday yeah that's a, that's one of the best ways because everybody Loves the Dallas Cowboys. And then with the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, just the former Super Bowl winners, Tom Brady, you know, can he do it again? What's he going to look like? All of those storylines are going to be said. Uh, yeah, I look forward to the game because I myself, I'm kind of curious to see just how scary efficient the Tampa Bay Bucks offense is going to look. They mm-hmm. got they have weapons everywhere. I think I think this might be the first time in many, many, many years that a Super Bowl champion is returning all 22 starters, all 11 on offense, all 11 on defense. Uh, there was a lot of talk early on when that season finally ended uh, that there was no way they were going to be able to uh, pull it together and ke- keep all these guys under the salary cap and try to uh, pull it together. And a lot of guys took less money so they could stay there. And uh, they work some magic and they uh, have all 22 starters back. So how can they not be the favorite to win it all again? Exactly. And then also, too, who in their right mind now is going to count out Tom Brady? That's dumb. Don't do that. You you shouldn't do it. Like I, I have done it many times throughout the course of his career. I have paid for it. I guess I'm going to go with seven times. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, like I, yeah, they, they're definitely the favorites to win it again. They got all their guys back and uh, yeah, man, they're they're, But, but here's the thing throughout this regular season, I think now with the extra game, it's going to be a war of attrition. It's -hmm. going to be like what, what teams can actually make it to the postseason with most of their, their stars intact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we've already seen uh, COVID um, uh, rearing its ugly head again. Lots of guys on the COVID list. Uh, there's been a lot of um, guys that have been affected by it. Uh, I didn't realize this, and I just heard this, uh, I think this week, that Tom Brady actually uh, got COVID and, and suffered through it through the offseason. 
but um, early on in the uh, off season last year or, or this past season, uh, it was found out that he had blown out one of his ligaments in his knee and he went the whole entire season without a knee knee ligament in place. And he was able to take this team and, and win the Super Bowl again. Uh, so we're going to see a, a super fast Tom Brady coming back and uh, being able to defend a Super Bowl title. Uh, I don't, I hope this COVID doesn't affect him at all, but um, yeah, Tampa Bay is scary. Uh, their offense is phenomenal and their defense is just as good. Yeah. They're, they're good on both sides of the ball and uh, man, it, it, you just build the more of the legend up of Tom Brady of, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even a hundred percent when I won that Super Bowl. That was pretty cool, though. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's like, what else could you do? Like, it's yeah, he's he's pretty amazing, and it's even sounds to me ridiculous that we're talking about a guy that could be on his way to winning eight Super yeah. Bowl. Uh, he said he contracted um, COVID uh, from that boat party they had uh, celebrating the Super Bowl, so uh, that might be next uh, next year, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember just seeing him tossing the Super Bowl trophy back and forth between the boats and stuff, and they looked like a super fun time, but um, COVID ran rampant, and a few of the guys uh, caught it from, from that event. Ah, it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks, but hey, that's what happens when you, you, you party on boats sometimes. I guess COVID <laughs> will happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, what about the uh, Cowboys? Uh, do you think Dak Prescott can bounce back from a compound fracture to his ankle, dislocated, uh, severe, severe injury that's um, usually going to hamper a guy's speed and uh, maneuverability, mobility. Um, do you think he's going to be able to be bounce back 100%? I think eventually, but you know what? Like I I have a feeling maybe like the, the coaching staff has probably told Dak to just try to keep it more and be a pocket passer. Try to get the ball out quicker. You know, like don't feel the need to extend plays with your legs because maybe his legs are not quite there yet. Yeah. So I, I think they'll, they'll they'll probably institute things for him so that within their offensive package, so he can just get the ball out quick and make the game a little bit easier for him, possibly at the start of this particular game or the start of the first couple of games before yeah. he feels comfortable with his legs being underneath him. One of the biggest uh, news to come out of the, the team this week is their offensive guard, Zach Martin, uh, is out because he tested positive for COVID. So the protection's not there. Uh, I think um, they're going to be handing off to, to Zeke a lot and uh, seeing uh, if he can run. Um, Tampa Bay's run defense was number one in the league last year, though. So uh, they're going to... Uh, yeah, see if they can get Zeke going, but uh, I think the the only way Dallas can win is through the air. Yeah, and also too, like since uh, they know of Dak's, you know, injury, they're going to be coming after him. I I would expect from from uh, the Tampa Bay's defense a lot of blitzes coming at Dak. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go to your team. The Atlanta Falcons are without Julio Jones for the first time in a very very long time. Super sad to see him gone. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Atlanta is still pretty stacked in offense, but uh, have they shored up their defense enough to be a legitimate playoff team this year? In a word, no. 
I, I don't think I don't think they they have quite. I don't think they have enough on defense to really um, start scaring people within their own division. Um, yeah, their offense is always going to be pretty good, especially with Matty Ice back there. But their defense, man, it, it's just it's not. They don't have enough for me, anyways. I, I don't believe they have enough to really make a a significant leap forward. Uh, for this uh, particular football season, okay. Uh, they uh, they had four a four and twelve record last year. They are favored in their opening game against Philly, who was four eleven and one last year. Uh, Philly seems to be a bit of a train wreck, and not sure uh, how they pulled together. So, uh, do you see Atlanta um, being able to pull out a victory to start off the year? <sighs> four and eleven versus four and twelve. Huh? <laughs> I. Uh, I, I think so. I, th- I think they, they, they might just have enough uh, to surpass the Philadelphia Eagles. Probably win by a field goal or two or something like that. It'll probably be an extremely boring game. Like, yeah, it'll probably be one of those. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, most of the people around here, big Seahawks fans, uh, they face the Colts. Uh, Seahawks were 12-4 and four last year. They are the favorite going in. Uh, Colts were 11-5. and five. Uh, Seahawks, um, it's been a long time since they were in the Super Bowl, 2014. There was a little bit of trouble with Russell Wilson this offseason, but seems to somehow have repaired things. Uh, what do you think out of Seattle this year? Do you think they're going to win the NFC West again? Uh, yes. Yes. I'm going to go with yes. I, I, I want to say that, you know what, uh, Seattle's always been good. The team has always been good with dealing with internal strife, as it were. And the, the whole situation with Russell Wilson, even to me still, it was kind of weird. You know, like mm-hmm. at first I thought, is, is he gone? Is he gone? Maybe indefinitely. Now he's definitely gone. But somehow they managed to make it work. So that's awesome to see um, because, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks. Like he's in the top 10 for sure in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that the Seattle, as long as they stay the course with that team, they can definitely win the division again, for sure. Uh, the Rams uh, were able to pull off a huge deal and get Matthew Stafford. Uh, do you see him being a huge upgrade on uh, Jared Goff? Potentially. Potentially. Um, I've always, well, I've always appreciated Matthew Stafford's uh, abilities, but now that he has everything that he would ever want or need, as a top tier quarterback, let's see what you can actually do with it now. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I am curious to see how effective or how much better the offense is with him in as, as opposed to Jared Goff. So he'll have to prove it. Yeah, he sure will. Yeah. The other team that uh, uh, most people say will take another step this year, is the Arizona Cardinals, they were eight and eight last year, uh, really had a lot of heartbreaking wins, some uh, really exciting uh, or heartbreaking losses. It had some really exciting wins. Uh, I think um, they look to be better going in this year. Uh, super fun team to watch. Uh, what do you think we're going to see out of the Cardinals this year? I think uh, you'll see better performances. I think now that Kyler Murray has a season to um, to be familiar with his like offensive weapons, especially maybe have more familiarity with DeAndre Hopkins, um, I, I expect better from them this year than what they showed last year and some of those closer games that they lost, they should win this year. Yeah. 
okay, why don't we turn to a couple of the other divisions? Um, uh, that uh, South Division last year, uh, the Saints were on top, and the actual Bucks were eleven and five. Uh, they put it together at the end of the year. Uh, do you see the Bucks being able to blow away that di- that division? Yes and no. I, I think, I, to be honest with you, I think they'll come back this year with a similar record, maybe one better, because mm-hmm. I believe you know, like when you're the champs, you're going to get other teams' best shots. People are going to get up for you. Even if they're horrible teams, they're still going to give you a rough ride because they want to see, they want to prove themselves against the champs. So I, I I think that, um, I think that the Bucs will get half a similar record for this uh, year as opposed to last year. Okay. Uh, The NFC East uh, to me, uh, I think it's going to come down between the, the giants and the Cowboys. Uh, Saquon Barkley is coming back after, uh, he had a really horrific injury too. Uh, if he can be healthy and he can, uh, you know, recapture some of the great, um, offensive abilities he's, he's got, I think the giants are the front runner. Uh, Washington still hasn't named their team and, uh, I don't know how many years it's going to take them, but, um, yeah, this was a division that everybody laughed at because nobody was 500 last year. Um, where do you see, who do you see rising to the top of this division? Uh, such a horrible division. Anyways, no, but, um, oh, I, I, I talent wise, I, I guess Dallas, you know, I, I, I would like to go with Dallas because I don't, I don't have any confidence in the Giants quarterback. I, I believe it's Daniel Jacobs is, is, I don't, I don't have any confidence in him. Right. Like none. Like zero confidence. I have confidence in Saquon Barkley as long as he can stay on the field and not be injured again. But that dude, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, in the North Division, uh, Green Bay blew away the that division, uh, thirteen and three last year. Aaron Rodgers also had a bit of a strange off season. Uh, looked like at times maybe he wasn't going to play there. Uh, he did sign a deal that seems like he's only going to be there one more year and then move on. Um, do you think he's going to be able to be at that MVP level like he won last year? Ah, well, it, it, I guess for him, he's looking at it, it's the last kick of the can with this team anyways. So I would imagine that he would want to put on quite the performance because why wouldn't he? Because since he's going to leave anyways, he wants them – he would want the Packer fans and the Packer front office to know just what they let go yeah. by not handling him the right way his entire career in Green Bay. Yeah. So that that might be just to show them, ah, oh, man, you guys made a horrible mistake, <laughs> horrible mistake. Yeah. I think he might. I think he has a big year this year. I really do. Cool. Yeah. Uh, let's turn to the AFC. Uh, obviously, Kansas City. Uh, is the cream of the crop, uh, two Super Bowl appearances in a row. Uh, do you think we're going to see uh, three years in a row uh, the same matchup for the Super Bowl? Oh. <laughs> oh, man. You know, with the way that Mahomes plays, as long as he's healthy, I, I think they make it to at least like um, – uh, 
third round of the playoffs just before the Super Bowl. They, he's going to make it there at least as long as he's healthy, as he stays healthy. He's not hurt. He's not injured because he is literally the engine that makes that team go. Right. And even if the team is not going, he's still going. He showed that in in the, the last Super Bowl there where he basically tried to put on a cape and fly his team to victory. But uh, the team didn't come along with him. So <laughs> right. that's what yeah. you can do. Uh, the Bills were another uh, big surprise last year. Josh Allen really emerged and they became a powerhouse in the UFC. I mean, the, in the AFC, 13-3. Uh, and three. We're able to uh, win the division by three games over Miami. Uh, do you think the Bills are one of the elite teams again this year? Yep. No doubt. Yep. Yep. I, I, I think uh, the Bills are going to be right there now for the next couple of years. That's, that's, what, that's how they built up their team. Um, Allen is going to keep performing at the highest level at the quarterback position. Uh I, I, I really like the, the composition of this team. I think they're going to be good and right there for a long time now to come. Nice. Uh, do you see Miami being uh, uh, able to take another step? Uh, Tua seems to be um, uh, the guy that most people are talking about all the time. Uh, do you see the Patriots also uh, taking a, a step forward? Uh, do you see this being a competitive division? Yeah. It- you know, with Miami, Miami, I, I think Miami can go either or, either way. But the Patriots are interesting because now that they've let go of Cam Newton and they've given the reins to the, the rookie, Mac Jones, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious to see what the rook can do. Are, are we going to see another Tom Brady in the making? Is, is that <laughs> what it is? Because if that is the case, I don't like New England. I, I don't like them then. I don't like that, <laughs> but well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what uh, Mac Jones can do. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how the Patriots start off the season anyways and where they go. And, and Miami, they, they could be as good as like going 11 and five, or they just could be middle of the road, you know? So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Cam Newton uh, being released. That caught uh, quite a few people by surprise. Uh, I sort of saw the writing on the wall a bit. Uh, they weren't using him very much in the preseason. Uh, Mac Jones seemed to really be doing a great job. And then I had brought it up. I said he had been uh, suspended, put on the COVID list. You said, oh, that seemed like a little dirty move by the team. Uh, he had went outside of the jurisdiction, got a test. And uh, for some reason, yeah, it, it, uh, it sort of blew up. You said uh, you think he's the first NFL player ever to be cut because of COVID. Um, yeah, that could be the case. Uh, did, is that something that you've heard or you just sort of, uh, you know, deduced it from, uh, how this has come out? This well, it, it, it just seemed odd, right? Like this is your, this is your starting quarterback. So whatever he's going to do, especially with all the, the stringent COVID protocols, you think he, he, you know, he put forth the effort to figure it out, right? Or at least he talked to somebody from the team that would tell him exactly what to do. Or even better yet, nobody would like, he wouldn't even need to reach out. Somebody would tell him and say, oh, I heard this down the wire that this is what you're thinking of doing. So this is what you can do. And this is what you can't do. No. But oddly enough, none of that happened. Weird. Eh? Weird. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of odd to me. Right. So unless, 
they set it up so that's like, well, Belichick in his dark rooms is <laughs> <laughs> this is how we get rid of him, <laughs> you know. Wow. Wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, holy cow. Yeah, so uh, he hasn't uh, found a home yet. Uh, this, that might be it for him. Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see. As you you mentioned off the top when I said 17 games, uh, that uh, there's going to be probably an increase in injuries this year uh, when a, a starting quarterback goes down or a good backup goes down, uh, he might get a shot, but um, yeah, it, it was kind of dirty doing it so late. Uh, usually if your plans are not to keep a guy around, uh, you try to cut him a little bit earlier in camp. So he has an opportunity to catch on with somebody else. But um, basically everybody had already, you know, made their quarterback, uh, had made, you know, put their roster together for the quarterbacks and he's one of the odd men on. Yeah. And that's why Belichick is ruthless, you know? <laughs> He's completely ruthless when it comes to stuff like that. Like he could have just said right away, if he knows in his mind, ah, maybe this is not going to work. He could have let him go earlier, but he did not do that. No, didn't do that. So yeah, pretty tough. Uh, one more division to talk about the uh, AFC North. Uh, one of the most highly contested divisions in football last year, Pittsburgh won the division 12 and four. They started 12 and 0 and uh, lost their last four, but uh, the Baltimore Ravens were 11 and five, as as were the Browns. Uh, most people think the Browns are going to take this division this year. Uh, are you on the uh, Cleveland Brown train yet? Yes, I am. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think they take that step, and I think they 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 win the division this year. I think they're. I think they took that step last year, and now they'll just take the definitive step this year and be the division winners. I, I, I truly believe that. And I believe Pittsburgh will take several steps back. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think they're the Pittsburgh team of old by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, one of the matchups that intrigues me the most this weekend is the Cardinals Titans. Uh, I think this is going to be an over huge offensive explosion. I think they both have troubles in their defensive backs and uh Tannehill's back. I think uh, with Julio Jones, Derek Henry, AJ Brown being healthy, uh, they're going to put up a lot of points as well as the Cardinals have all their their weapons. Uh, this is going to be a super entertaining, fun game, and uh, I can't wait to watch it. I I, I think it's going to be like a 49-48 kind of 51-50 game. Uh, I think it's going to be a an offensive explosion shootout. Yeah, yeah, and and it, it's. It's a great matchup. It's a great matchup, man. Like, cause like they have weapons on both sides of the ball when it comes to offense and they're super exciting to watch when it comes to offense. I, I am looking forward to this matchup immensely. I think it will be a very close game and it will probably come right down to the wire on what team wins. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the Titans got that South division. Uh, I I'm, I'm really excited to, to see them. Uh, I love, a lot of their offensive players, uh, they are must must see football. Uh, the other team that um, I, I'm a fan of the Chargers. That's always been my team. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Justin Herbert having a, a, a year behind him, getting an opportunity to push this team forward. Uh, I think the Chargers are going to be one of those teams to look for uh, this coming season. Yeah, I, I, I've said it before last season that they were just barely losing games anyways. I think this is where they make that turn. And those games that they barely lost this year, those are the games they win 
this year. Yeah, so it's going to be a blast, a lot of fun matchups, a lot of great things to watch. Uh, yeah, it's going to shake out well. Uh, the Monday nighter has the Ravens and Raiders. That'll be super fun. And that Sunday nighter has the Bears and Rams. Um, yeah, nice to see those games single, singularly and uh, the whole of uh, North America starts watching. And uh, yeah, I can't believe uh, NFL season's, uh, season's back. We're um, going to be able to start talking football heavily uh, every week now. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's nice to be able to talk football again. Um, but also, too, it, it's, it's, it's kind of sad for me because it does spell the end of summer mm. to a certain extent. Mm. But it's also the start of football season. So let's get to it. Let's <laughs> have some fun. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one last thing, uh, NBA, uh, a couple of moves in the NBA that were um, significant this year uh, or this uh, week, actually. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge came back out of retirement and has decided to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, good for him. I'm glad to see him back. And uh, you and I keep talking. Uh, the Nets and the Lakers, they just keep bringing back uh, all these old veterans and uh, solidifying their lineups even more. Uh, I think DeAndre J Jordan signed with the Lakers now. So, um, yeah, the, the rich keep getting richer in the NBA. Yeah, and I believe Paul Millsap also signed with the Brooklyn Nets as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so here it is. It's like the, all the vets are like, why? I need that ring, eh? I need that <laughs> ring. So I'm just going to go with one of the best teams out there. And that's what it is. I'll take the veteran minimum. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I think you and I should just put some money down that it's going to be the Lakers and the Nets uh, in the final. And uh, I, I think I'm going for Brooklyn this year. Uh, I think if they can stay healthy, um, there's nobody going to be able to beat them. Yeah, because how about this? I'll, I'll put it to you this way. What big three do you think work better together? Harden, Kyrie, or KD? Or LeBron, Westbrook, and AD. Yeah. Yeah, right? And for me, when I look at the Lakers, I go, well, Westbrook's a wild card, so I don't know. <laughs> like, if he doesn't want to play the way that you want him to play, then he's not going to do that. He's going to yeah. do his own thing. And so I don't know. I don't know. But I'm curious to see how both teams do as they go towards the playoffs because it doesn't really matter about the regular season for those particular two teams. It just matters when they get to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had those questions uh, going in with Brooklyn when uh, Harden went there. We thought, how is this possibly going to work? It's just, yeah. it, you know, we just didn't think uh, they would be able to coexist because uh, the way they've they played in their previous careers. But Harden went in was a, a really an amazing addition. And he he played smart. He played within himself and and let Kyrie do what he's going to do. Let KD do what he's going to do as well. And uh, it was a, a really good move. Unfortunately, they didn't get to play together that often, but uh, it was, um, you know, something that we didn't expect from the beard. Uh, let's see if Westbrook's able to surprise us too. Possibly. <laughs> I, I think he's going to be who he's always been, but maybe, you know, you never know because I, I didn't expect James Harden to all of a sudden turn into Steve Nash, but then he did. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a shock. Yeah, so 
Um, okay, well, uh, yeah, I wanted to keep it a bit shorter today. I'm glad we were able to get it uh, about an hour. And uh, yeah, I know you've got some things to do tonight. Uh, I hope you have an amazing short little week of work and then a phenomenal, phenomenal time up in Whistler for the wedding. Uh, yeah, good luck. Uh, I hope your speech is incredible. I hope somebody records it so I can see uh, a snippet of it or the whole thing. And uh, yeah, have a blast this week, man. I, I hope it goes really by really quick. And you can get up to Whistler and have some fun with your friends. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I look forward to I look forward to this weekend. It's going to be a bunch of fun and uh, uh, see see one of my best friends get married. It's going to be great. That's great. Really great. Okay, man. Well, thanks as always. I appreciate it a ton. And uh, I'm sure we'll text a little bit through the week. Uh, yeah. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. All right. You too. Take care. You too. All right. Bye for now. Okay. Well, that was great. Uh, thanks so much to Jason. That was a fun podcast. Um, yeah, I love these. Uh, let's just um, get in and uh, let's talk about our partners and sponsors. I'm going to share this. Here we go. There is our main website. And now we go to the sports site. And check out our partners and sponsors. Uh, Anchor FM, a fantastic partner and sponsor for Complete Sports Media. Really great at posting on multiple podcast platforms. They call themselves the easiest place to make a podcast. Just go to anchor.fm. Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology, performance, and value. And you just click this little learn more box and you can see all the amazing products, especially the V350 stick. Pampas and Possibilities, they design and sell dried florals, do floral arrangements and installations in your home. They are designers of handmade, curated, pretty things with West Coast vibes at reasonable prices and check them out on all your social media platforms. And Forever Living, the Aloe Vera Company, they grow and manufacture aloe vera-based products for health and beauty. And we thank... Uh, our partners and sponsors so much as always and we thank you thank you so much for all your continued support and um yeah uh one of our podcast guests uh cory white from showcore has uh some nfts online uh, i'm going to go to our music uh media site and uh, post some links for you to check out the NFTs that they have available, Showcore. And uh, hopefully you'll purchase some. Uh, fantastic to see them going into the world of cryptocurrency uh, art in the NFT world, non-fungible token world. It's kind of cool. So, um, yeah, I'll put a link. Uh, go check them out. Okay. Have a great week ahead. I hope you had an amazing Labor Day weekend. Thanks so much for uh, sharing a piece of it with us. And I look forward to uh, talking to you very soon. We've got some really great guests on the way uh, in all of our um, complete media network platforms. So uh, keep your eye out uh, on social media and we'll let you know. Take care of yourself. Love you lots. Bye for now.